At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We welcome back a dear friend, Congressman Kevin Brady of Texas, ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee. He was the chair of the House Ways and Means Committee when we had the Trump tax cuts. Trump tax cuts, I might add, are responsible for what limited prosperity we have because Biden tried to reverse them and we saved America and killed the bill. Welcome back, Mr. Kevin Brady. Hey, good morning, Larry. How are you doing? I'm okay, thanks. Good. Thanks I, for having me on. I always love being on with you. I know. It's been too long. I don't know what yeah. happened. You know, Kevin, I got a bunch of things to talk about. I yeah. just I just want to have a a, a, a closer uh, on this Earth Day, on uh, NEPA. Yeah. This NEPA regulations, which probably, by the way, violates the laws that were passed on the um, on the infrastructure bill. Kevin, this will stop infrastructure, roads, bridges, tunnels. It'll stop. Um, it'll stop wind power transmission lines. It will stop solar. It will stop LNG. Honestly, I mean, this you know, a hundred years back, a hundred years forward. Social cost of carbon, direct impacts, indirect impacts. This is a direct uh, reversal of what Trump tried to do, and I think it's a reversal of what the Congress did, and it's just going to be devastating for jobs. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, and thank you for calling attention to it because you're right. It's not an everyday word, but it has a huge impact. Look, it has one goal: stop development. Mm. I mean, that is at the heart of it, and and Democrats, as you point out, don't understand it stops their development as well on mm. renewables and those issues. Certainly undercuts, you know, the value of that infrastructure bill to what degree. It is. And as I was listening, as you were talking about thinking, okay, so layer that NEPA on top of the Biden budget, which um, tries to stop ports from doing any expansion to capacity related to oil or or gas, natural gas, at a time we're trying to help wean the rest of the world off of Putin's oil. Secondly, Buttigieg's, Secretary Buttigieg's letter to the state saying, don't use those highway funds to expand capacity simply to maintain what you have, which may be fine in the contraction states, but don't work right. for Texas and a lot of the high growth. States. Right. Then the high growth the, red states. Yeah. That's what this there's yeah. a section in there, Kevin Brady, that it says unplanned, unplanned projects will be rejected and will be put at the bottom of the pile. Un, what is unplanned? Un, right. Yeah. Unplanned means if the state of Texas, if your area in Texas is growing like Topsy and you're going to need to unclog the highways or generate more power. Hell, you could be generating wind power and try to work them in the utility transmissions lines and it wouldn't pass these NEPA restrictions. That is exactly right. And the truth of the matter is I think the White House understands our infrastructure needs aren't necessarily national. They're all regional, you know, and, you know, we've been trying as a Congress under President Trump to push power down to the states and to the regions to address those 
specific needs. And here we've got the Biden White House going the opposite direction. They're trying to control that through that regulation. And then I noticed, too, you know, the president did an executive order on um, requiring made in America uh, mm. products and uses all throughout infrastructure. Look, we all want made in America uh, manufacturing, including and thanks, thanks to you and President Trump and the new tax code and balanced regulation. We saw a growth of about half a million manufacturing jobs in the year after we lowered taxes and become competitive. But this could cost that could drain about 25 percent of the value out of that infrastructure Mm. package as well. So they just keep heaping, you know, anti-growth after anti-growth measures on top of this infrastructure bill, cutting its value dramatically, I think. Yeah, they don't, left doesn't care about growth. These radical greenies, first of all, they don't care about facts because we have the lowest (laughs) carbon emissions of any of the big countries. We have the cleanest water. We have the cleanest air. It's all misinformation. It's like Putin, Russia, and misinformation. Coming no, from these no. far left guys. But Kevin Brady, you mentioned it. I want you to take a bow. You were the chair of the House Ways and Means Committee when the Trump tax cuts went through. Now, here's the angle. Here's the new angle. We got new numbers from the Treasury Department recently. And guess what? The Trump tax cuts, especially the corporate tax, paid for themselves. Biden continues to lie that it created large deficits. No, it didn't. As the Laffer curve predicted, the Trump tax, the Trump Brady tax cuts paid for themselves. How about that? It is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the truth of the matter is uh, we knew this would happen. You know, we knew if we became competitive, redesigned the tax code, lowered those rates, you know, encouraged investment, let families and small businesses and, and, and corporations keep more of what they earned. We'd see dramatically different economic growth and more revenues. To 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 uh, government, we've had the three highest uh, revenue years in history after the uh, Trump tax cuts. Uh, we saw that economic growth go with it, and it has been rewarding to see the corporate rate <clears throat> revenue sort of exposed in a way. Because as you said, both President Trump and Secretary Yellen still cling cling to the claim that corporate tax revenues are down forty yeah, percent. Businesses aren't paying their fair share, and it's nonsense. It's been debunked, and I guarantee you they'll use it again next week. You know, that's, I think, the frustrating part here. President Biden and Yellen, but you're absolutely right. I mean, this is just more of these lies. They're big lies. They're, as I say, it's like Russian Putin misinformation here. But I think they're losing that battle. I mean, uh, and again, to our listeners, I mean, you've heard me say this a million times. Hats off to Congressman Kevin Brady for leading the charge on the House Ways and Means Committee, which is an absolutely vital committee. Really, Kevin, I think the only real growth we have right now is coming from the incentives from the Trump tax cuts, which we uh, Biden tried to overturn, but but he didn't. He failed. Yeah, back I benefit. think that without that, yeah. we, we'd be in an even deeper hole. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any questions why. And, and thank you for your leadership. As you know, you were there from the very beginning as we were putting together both the House um, uh, um Better way tax code and President Trump's tax plan and melding those together. So, you know, right back at you. Thank you for your <laughs> mentorship and leadership for so many years. So, look, don't pull yourself out of this equation because most of us here know the key role you played. But there's no question we had a stronger recovery from COVID. President Trump, look, brought back 12 million jobs <laughs> from April to the end of the year, more than President Biden has created since then in a big way. But I think 
right now what the White House and the Fed, I think, are both ignoring is what's going on in the small business world. And I've always thought they don't pay enough attention to them or they don't care. But but the small businesses are sort of the canary in the coal mine. They coal mine. They 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 sense what's going on in the economy quicker than others. They were the first ones to 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 outline the worker crisis that we're having. Again, the White House and the Fed dismissed it. Inflation as well because they see the impacts behaviors of of families and consumers because they're spending so much more on the basics because of this record high inflation. But right now. Last week, I saw two reports that really troubled me. The first was that um, that six out of ten small businesses aren't sure they're going to survive, principally because of higher prices, because mm-hmm. of inflation. The other is the the uh, NFIB uh, survey uh, that showed that uh, optimism among small businesses plummeted. It's mm. at the lowest level since they began surveying, and it's because they're getting hit triple mm. whammy, higher prices. They can't find workers, and they're still very much aware of President Biden's tax hikes that he continues to push for in this slim down build back better. It is that, that, that they are still obsessed with it. I think they want to get something done before Congress leaves in July. And so this is, I think, businesses, small businesses especially, very much aware that they've got just a bunch of challenges hammering them at one time. And and if I were the president, I'd be paying attention to those job traders because they have a big impact on the economy. 36 tax hike proposals, 11 tax hike proposals on fossil mm-hmm. fuels alone. In static revenue terms, a $2.5 trillion tax hike. Can you imagine what – I mean, they won't get it. Because the the laugher curve, I mean, they'll damage the economy and the revenues will fall, not rise. But if yep. could just imagine, you, right, as you pointed out. By the way, I love these little ways and means missives you send out, like a couple Thank of you. pages. They're really very good. They're, they're, Thank you. You know, you could go in the private sector, Kevin, and sell this kind of thing. <laughs> I'll Any, be there soon, apparently. <laughs> Anyway, the point is you couldn't possibly shoulder a new tax burden because, no. the, as as John Maynard Keynes said, inflation is the cruelest tax of all, and that's what. And you're saying here, here's let me see. This is uh, yeah, April twenty first. Was that yesterday? Americans mm-hmm. should brace for higher and longer inflation than White House is willing to admit. I mean, I. I'm afraid you're going to be right, Kevin. I really am. I, I think people are, uh, I don't know, they got their eyes closed. There's there's no remedy for this inflation. It's going to take years. It It, it, it is, and we could see this for years and years and years. And what, what have you preached for decades now that so many of us have adhered to about the Fed, which is that sound dollar and price stability is at the foundation of economic growth and prosperity. And and if you take your eye off that ball, you know, if you're focused on how do we micromanage the economy or, or incorporate uh, climate change in Mm. the federal reserves, you know, type of mandates, you know, this is the price we pay for that. And the fed is in economically a huge pickle here. Uh, I, I, am I was, I was pleased somewhat to see them at least go to, to, uh, a half a point, mm-hmm. uh, but boy, they are so far behind the curve Kevin, on inflation. It just worries me. Kevin, let me take a quick break. You'll stay with us on the side yes, of the sir. break. We're just going to be out for two minutes talking to Congressman Kevin Brady. 
former chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, currently the ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be right back. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with Kevin Brady, Congressman Kevin Brady of Texas. He's ranking member of uh, House Ways and Means. He ran the committee a couple of years back when we had the big tax cuts. You know, Kevin, just on this inflation point, I don't know if you saw the uh, op-ed piece by Senator Mitt Romney. I know he's not conservative's favorite, but Mitt's a pretty good economist. Mitt is a pretty good economist. There's a few things yeah. I might not agree with elsewhere. But he made a, a really great point um, and how – they're killing the supply side of the economy. They're over-regulating, over-spending, over-money printing. But the, the kind of the money sentence in this op-ed that I really like is basically, I'll paraphrase, that Biden should fire his woke staff, okay, that they are ruining him. And in the Fed, as you probably know, they are loaded with woke in fact, Jay Powell keeps talking about climate change. Now, he's not in recent weeks because they're all panicked about inflation a year too late. But, um, you know, for my money, I'd have put Democrat Larry Summers in at the Fed. I would have put him in. He was right about inflation a year ago, and he made this great statement. He said, uh, we we got a generation of central bankers that are more worried about climate change and woke social policies and price stability. That was Larry Summers' best moments. He said it about six or eight months ago. Yeah. Should put him at the Fed. I don't know. Is Powell up to it? I mean, you, you know, I, I, I've lost confidence in him. I, I did yeah. last year just as I was watching the, just the denial on, on both the worker crisis and inflation and, uh, and still pushing for more stimulus spending, you know, from the, from Congress at the same time, we wouldn't have had that March disaster of a bill that, that fueled inflation without Jay Powell sort of egging, oh. you know, Congress on. Kevin, so I feel I, like they're they're responsible in a big way responsible for this. They should have been the adult in the room, and they weren't. I don't mean to interrupt. God knows. No, no. I, no. I just want to say you are a thousand percent right. That is a really important point, which never gets made. Powell went up there. You are so right, Kevin Brady. He went up there in those hearings in February and March and supported the extra $2 trillion, which blew the lid off inflation. And you know what? If this is that, Kevin, that is such a great point. You need to write an op-ed on that. That is like a really important point. Because years ago, now let me tell you, man, go back. You've been around. Paul Volcker, who was actually my former personal boss, but in any way, during the Reagan... During the Reagan years, Volcker would go up to the hill and visibly, vocally attack spending and deficits. And remember also Alan Greenspan did the same thing in his heyday. Powell goes up there and just like a little lapdog, please reappoint me, please reappoint me, and comes out in favor of a bill that blew the lid off inflation. And and didn't even care what was in that bill, was mm. just looking at the big, how big a number could there be. So the stimulus checks, the programs that that created barriers, literally, so that people wouldn't return to work, he, he, he passed all, no recognition of what mm. tax hikes would do and 
tax hikes that make America less competitive, what impact studiously avoided any of that. So, yeah, I am I very frustrated with his leadership because truth of the matter is we, we are in a much tougher situation now because of that. And, and I'm not sure this Fed has the political will you know, to do what's necessary to disinflate. And, and that means, to your point, years and years and years of higher prices. Yeah. Kevin, I'm telling you, the Powell on that budget fiscal stuff, the emerg- that's a really important analytic point, and people lose that. Unfortunately. Yep. So, it, you know, the estimates, the current estimates for the CPI cost is about $5,000 plus per year for a yep. typical American family. I mean, there's a gigantic tax hike. And you see it, you know, real wages, real wages are shaky. They're coming off. By the way, real stock prices, you know, the stock market's getting slammed here. I guess they're worried that the Fed might actually raise rates a bit. But when you adjust stock prices for inflation, they're way down this year, too. Yeah, yeah. But you made a point that that, that shouldn't be ignored either, which is obviously uh, how do you tackle these higher prices? First, you know, stop making it worse. You know, with more stimulus or or more government spending or tax hikes that in this economy will will surface in higher prices as as well. But the point you made is the solution here is on the supply side. Mm. You need far more investment in in equipment, technology, supply chain investment in the Amer- in America rather than overseas, as well as incentives to, that reward work that pull another 2 million people off the sidelines and back into the workforce. And we're capable. These are primary work age uh, workers that should be back. And so at the end of the day, the supply side is the solution on inflation, in my view. Yeah, I love that. You know, we're sitting here with uh, 8 to 10% inflation, but 3.5% unemployment. It's a tight labor market. Mm-hmm. And the government and the Bidens want more welfare assistance programs with no workfare, no work yep. requirements, no education requirements. Right. So we're really still paying people not to work this here. Let me ask you about this. Uh, Javier Becerra wants a 90 day extension of the covid emergency. OK. Right. That was what he asked for. Inside that, I'm sure you know this, inside that extension means that many of these welfare programs do not require able-bodied people to work. It's what part, I, I think that's, to me, you know, with, with these, uh, all these Democrats and Socialist Democrats, that's the real key. I don't know if they're worried about COVID anymore. They just want to give, pay people not to work. And that's inside no, think- this Becerra thing. This is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, um, I, I'm not sure they, I, I'm, it's frustrating. They tout the higher wages without acknowledging any of the higher prices. Mm. They just, they just scream at us when we talk about let's, let's get rid of the barriers so we can reconnect people back to the workforce as if we're accusing people of staying home because they're lazy. We're not. The incentives are there, uh, to stay home. And the truth of the matter is, um, we need to be ending. The COVID era programs. We need to end the programs. We need to get them out of the budget, you know, and out of the stimulus because it is about that Washington control in so many areas. They're stuck on that. And I think, again, their obsession is the reason they are going to be in the minority next year. Yeah, well, you're right. The cavalry is coming. There's no question yep, about that. It is. Kevin, it is. You, why are you, you're too young to retire. 
<laughs> What's up with I that? Know. Tell you what, I, no, I have to tell you, we've got <laughs> Ways and Means Republicans. We've got a great bench of talent. I'm I'm really excited about you know how they're going to lead in the majority and Who's we're gonna, helping them. Who will be the chair? So uh, not known yet. Will be determined in December. The three uh, top leaders here are Vern Buchanan. Mm. From Florida, Adrian Smith from Nebraska, and Jason Smith from Missouri are all waging a really, yeah. you know, a competitive fight here. So we got a lot of talent. All good. Committee. Yeah, good. You're yep. that's right. You're all good. All strong. Yep, we're good. You know, the last thing I want to say, um, we got a couple minutes left. Um, Russell Vote, who was OMB director. Yeah. And I and uh, Steve Moore. We are setting up a project in the, uh, you know, this, our America First Policy Institute. Anyway, we're setting up a project to create a balanced budget model. Good. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, this is something that may take 10 years. Balancing the budget may take 12 years. I don't know. But it would be, you know, Kevin, low taxes make Trump tax cuts permanent. Deregulation and domestic spending, I mean, things and things like this NEPA. In other words, it would be a pro-growth balanced budget. It wouldn't be root canal. We're, we're not going to pretend to raise taxes, and we're going to try to refocus on that. You know, nobody really is talking about cutting. I think that is so smart for a couple reasons, and it doesn't matter how many years it takes to get back to it. The, the, the impact is that, we will begin to shrink the government yeah. in relation to the size of the economy, and that's where prosperity and fiscal responsibility happens. So I think you're you're exactly on the right uh, path there. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Well, you know, we're just getting it off the ground, but uh, um, Brooke Rollins, who runs this America First policy, mm-hmm. and yep. you know, we we need to refocus. No one wants to cut spending. No one talks about balancing the budget. People don't realize what these deficits will do. Actually, maybe, you know what? I might try to recruit you. I might try to recruit you to get into this. Well, I'd be interested in helping on that. Whoa, we'd love to have you. We would love to have you. Growth matters, but you got to constrain the spending side. Yes, sir. Limited government. Folks, this is Kevin Brady, the great Kevin Brady, Ways and Means Committee, speaking good sense. That business about Jay Powell promoting spending, that's a really key point. Anyway, good luck, Kevin Brady. We'll talk soon.